Hi, and welcome back. I'm Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN. And I'm Dr. Ann Sharkey, a podiatrist. We are friends, both female and surgeons. We like to educate and have fun. We are so glad that you've tuned in to From Tits to Toes. So let's do this. <laughs> All right. How was your week? It was good. Yeah, just busy, usual. No, first full week back after the holidays is always a little bit of a reality check. So we had two, two weeks filled with some vacation days in each week. And first full week back was, was long. Yeah, no, I feel like it's hit or miss in the office. Either patients are dropping off and not showing up. Or it's just really busy. So I feel like you get one or the other. So, and you never know. You can never plan for it. It's a surprise every day. (laughs) Always always a surprise. Oh my gosh. Well, we had some excitement in Texas this weekend. Um, So a rare occurrence from what I understand, not being a Texan, but we had quite a bit of snow today. Right. I mean, you were probably used to all of that snow and probably have all the gear ready to go, but... Here in Texas, we are not used to snow hardly ever, or at least snow that sticks. Sometimes we'll get snow, but it hardly ever actually sticks. And we got a few inches, which was amazing. And it was- I know, I heard someone said six inches. I don't know. So yeah, we definitely like dug in the depths of our closet and got out our parkas and our snow boots. And I remember moving here and looking at all, and we had so much stuff. We lived in Wisconsin and then Chicago for years. And so we we had accumulated a ton. And when we moved here, I said to my husband, I'm like, you know, I think we, what do we do with this? Sell it, get rid, no one here wants to buy it. Does it make sense to donate it? No one's gonna use it. So Mm -hmm. we we held on to it thinking, okay, well, you know, we'll go back home every once in a while. And today it came in in use. I feel like I was handing out gloves to the neighbors to build snowmen. I'm like, here, garden gloves do not work. Here are some winter gloves. And, um, (laughs) uh, but it was so much fun. It's so, I like to see it once every five years. And this was good for me. So no, it's, it was good. And what's funny is my boys, we were driving in from out of town. As soon as we got into town is when it started snowing. And they just literally jump out of the truck and run out to the yard and start playing in the snow. And we were like, no, we had a plan. We're supposed to go in and get our ski gear on and, you know, put your jackets on and put your waterproof boots on and your waterproof pants on. And, oh, no, they just ran out there. So then, of course, you know, they were freezing, had to come back in. So we had to take a break and watch a movie. And then they went back out. But we had to specifically like stop them and put them into real yeah. clothes that are <laughs> appropriate for snow because otherwise they would just run out there and you know pajama pants and that's the one thing poor Meredith doesn't have is snow pants so we were definitely <laughs> we were definitely doing um lots of loads of laundry in the dryer today we did too every time we had to come into the house like everything <laughs> was soaking wet and disgusting and i would just put them right into the laundry and then we'd get another round of clothes to put on them and then yep. get right back yep. out <laughs> there you go cool. so well that was fun it was a fun little surprise for the weekend yeah no it was good I'm, i was i was it was pleasant and fun so it was good yeah mm-hmm. well i had to ask you i saw last weekend i think it was last weekend you had posted a video that, that blew my mind um, it's a little life hack for life in the hospital when you have to do something quick and you need a ponytail. Tell us about this. Oh my gosh. So I, it's, it's something I do actually all the time. So I use a nitrile glove and I'll pull the bottom of it off and it makes a ponytail holder. So um, I use that for my hair all the time. So 
sometimes I will forget my hair ties, so I'll just pull the gloves off. And usually when I'm doing it, somebody will say, oh my gosh, that's crazy, or I've never seen that before. So I was actually on call that day and ran in for a delivery. A patient was uh, coming in and delivering quickly, and I didn't even have my hair ties. So we ran into another room, and I had one of the nurses video me pulling it off and actually using it and that's what I used and then we went right next door into the room and I would tell okay. <laughs> yeah I, I was laughing because I'm imagining you'd be like please hold your delivery process while I film a TikTok video about my hair tie situation no it wasn't falling out no. yeah <laughs> okay. Wasn't, okay baby wasn't that close and imminent it was uh we had a little bit of time but she I mean it was fast enough that she didn't have time for an epidural crazy um, but it wasn't falling out by any means. Sure. I needed the hair tie, and so I yeah. was like, oh, hey, just film this real quick, and I did That's, it real quick. And- this is a great life hack. I have definitely yeah. been in situations where I wish I had a hair tie, and now I'm gonna use that. Yeah, it actually works really well, and I use them all the time. <laughs> to it, I feel like it would be really sticky, and that when you take it out, your hair, it like pulls hair out, no? no. Better than a rubber band? No, not like a real rubber band. I've okay. used those before, and those will get caught in your hair, and they will pull yeah. your hair out. Okay, so. that's what I was kind of imagining. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pretty excited. Um, we had a lot of great feedback on the episode last week regarding pedicures. I know I got quite a few comments about those who are going to take some time to reevaluate their salon choices, which I think is great. You know, pedicures are safe, and everyone should take that take their own assessment of where you're getting them done. I certainly didn't want to convey this message of don't go get a pedicure, but know, know where to find one safely so that you can enjoy and relax with, with minimal risk. So we appreciate everyone's feedback on that and um, look forward to bringing you the episode this week. Yeah. I actually went and got a pedicure um, a couple days ago and I thought of you while I was like, Dr. Sharky's going to kill me. I was like, but actually not because it wasn't uh, in a bowl that had uh, the jets or whatever. No circulation. Okay, yeah. good. So good. It was good. It was good. Yeah. So. Well, good. You have practice pedicure safety. Yes. All right. Well, let's dive into the episode for this week. All right. Let's get started. New year, new workout plans. How can you keep your feet healthy and feeling great? I have a few tips to share today on keeping your feet strong and healthy. The first one is to complete a thorough warm-up routine before exercising. I will fully admit I am guilty of this myself. You, you know, you get up, you get your workout clothes on, and you're like, I don't have time for stretching. No, we all need time for stretching. It's one Are you of supposed most- to stretch your feet out separate? Not your feet, but just oh. mostly your Achilles. So the big thing comes down to the Achilles tendons, your calf muscle and your hamstrings. So the Achilles is the thickest and strongest tendon in our body, and it sustains some of the largest tensile strength. So of particular interest is that most non-traumatic pathology that we see in our office can be or is in recent research related back to contracture or tightness of the Achilles tendon. There's different theories on why that develops um, between what is it evolutionary or is it just part of our day-to-day lifestyle that's changed over time. But if we measure across the board, most people have decreased ankle joint range of motion 
with the knee extended, which is called gastroc equinus. Some people have gastroc soleal equinus, which is the other muscle in the posterior <laughs> calf. Yeah, and so we measure this. Yeah. But when I see, if I were to list out some of the most common things we see patients in the office for, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, even in kids, calcaneal apophysitis, it really all generally has to do with posterior muscle contracture or what's called equinus. So taking five minutes before you start whatever workout routine Mm -hmm. you're doing to stretch your calf muscle in a weight-bearing fashion, and we'll post some videos on this, is going to make a huge difference, especially if you're new to the exercise routine. So we'll catch this a lot in the beginning of the new Mm -hmm. year. Everyone has resolutions. (laughs) It's going to be even worse this year with COVID. So we all have had drastic changes in our lifestyles. And you jump into this new exercise program and all of a sudden your feet are killing you. And so my first question to patients is what changed in your life? Did your shoes change? Did your work duties change? Or did your exercise program change? And most often we can kind of nail down one of those things. So a good stretching routine before you start exercising. I will say that if your exercise is yoga, you can probably skip that because yoga really is fantastic at stretching. And stretching right. out the posterior muscle compartment. Um, <laughs> Good, not, that's all I do. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I try to get into yoga. It's just not fast enough for me. So yeah. I definitely need to be better about my stretching. <laughs> Wearing supportive shoes for day to day activities, and really what this comes down to, you know, it's okay to be barefoot if you don't have pain when you're barefoot. But there's a fair amount of people who, if they're barefoot for long periods of time, are going to develop foot pain or arch fatigue. And so I always counsel on. Wear shoes that are appropriate for your activity. So if you're walking, you should wear walking shoes. If you're running, you should wear running shoes. If you're hiking, you should wear hiking shoes. And there's different things in the construction of all of these kinds of shoes that make them purposeful for each type of activity. So for instance, trail running shoes versus treadmill running shoes, your trail running shoes are going to have a little bit stronger or sturdier grip or tread on the outsole. Um, If you're going to go on a beach vacation, sandals are fine, but please, please, please do not walk the entire boardwalk in flip-flops. You're going to come back and see me in three weeks and tell me that you have plantar fasciitis. And everyone is guilty of of it. We're all like, oh, I'm on my beach vacation. And or we'll get a lot of people post cruise. Like they just take sandals and flip-flops, but you do a lot of walking around these places. I feel like I have amazing flip-flops that are padded and so that, great that for can walking. be really helpful yeah so choosing <laughs> I, I mean I don't want to knock on old navy but I would say like the two dollar bin flip-flops oh, yeah, at old no. navy is not where you should go to no. um and and we have some great recommendations and I think we'll put a lot of posts up this week on what are some good flip-flops to wear when you're on yeah. vacation or what are some good sandals and we'll touch on that through some of our posts to so make sure you're following us on Instagram but well, I know um, I also feel like Texas we wear flip-flops all year yeah, round so different from when I was practicing up north where people had this window of time maybe from may to september or october mm-hmm. to wear open-toed sandal type shoes versus <laughs> the southern states where really that can kind of fly year round yeah now on the flip side up north we kind of got the crappy shoes in the winter time when everyone walked around in uggs which are awesome and super warm and comfortable but do not give you any arch support at all uh. so there, there's different <laughs> pitfalls of yep. shoes for daily use up there Another thing that talk about is, well, when should shoes be replaced? How long should yeah. you wear shoes? So if you are someone who has tennis shoes just for everyday use, in general, it's probably about every 8 to 12 months. 
If you're a runner or you're really exercising in these shoes every 300 to 500 miles, and most runners have really pretty good track on this, but you do wanna keep track. If you're uncertain and you wanna look at your shoes, you want to, you know, okay, if they not, if they were comfortable and they're no longer comfortable, that's a sign that they're losing some of their midsole cushioning. If you look at a shoe, and we'll have to post some pictures because obviously it's hard to describe this, but in what you call yeah. the midsole, you'll kind of see there's usually like the white outer sole, and then there's another layer. Sometimes it's gray on the middle portion of your shoe, and that's the cushioning. If there starts to be creases or wrinkles in there, that's oh. a sign that the material is called EVA or is compressing, and it's not have its shock absorption anymore. Uh, what do you do with um, the shoes that... You're no longer going to, if you're going to switch them out, what do you yeah. do with your old ones? So Are I they think, you know, donatable? Yeah, you could. I, I, I think know. one of the ways I'll tell patients is okay, so say you have a repair of running shoes, but they're no longer really useful or good for running anymore. Maybe those could become your house shoes or your shoes for running errands. They don't necessarily have to be given away or thrown away, uh, but they're yeah. probably not, if, if you're a regular runner, they're probably not best for your long distance running any longer. So maybe those shoes get retired to your errand running shoes or something. I think my husband would use his old ones for like not hiking, but, um, the mud shoes kind of right, like when we're yeah. going when we travel yeah. he'll use them for his like mud shoes or if sure. we're in the water like water shoes or something so i used old. to this is um I, when we would go on trips and one recent was costa rica so i mm-hmm. knew we were going to go to costa rica and you're kind of limit we were doing an, an excursion trip so you're kind of limited on the baggage you could take and i would purposely take a pair of shoes for the trudging around through the rainforest that Mm -hmm. I then left like I put in the trash because then you don't have to so there you go there's one use if you have a pair of (laughs) shoes that's kind of worn out and you're going on a trip somewhere but maybe you don't want to have to bring a lot of baggage back or you're going to somewhere and you want to bring souvenirs back then just take things that you're almost done with and throw them away there you go Uh, my mom used to do that when we were kids with pajamas she'd be like well these are almost done so we're gonna take them (laughs) and then we'll just get rid of them when we're there but maybe that's bad but um (laughs) when you have five kids and you're traveling you need to pare down the luggage on the way home (laughs) Uh, another tip is to really build up your strength and flexibility for your exercise regimen that you're going to do. So gradual progression. And again, I talk about this a lot in the terms of the new year, but it can apply at any point in time. So we'll get patients who come in or family or friends who are like, okay, I'm going to run a half marathon. And maybe they're not runners at all. So you, everyone is excited in the beginning and you're eager and you're going to go out and you're going to run and like, I'm going to run five miles. It's my new year's resolution. Yeah. And that's great. I'm so excited <laughs> that you're enthusiastic about that, but you want to really gradually increase because your body has to adapt to those different stresses. If it's not used to, if you're someone who's only walked and you want to become a runner, then you're going to really want to look into, I love the couch to 5k programs because they work in a little bit of walking and a little bit of running and you're gradually going to change those increments. But as you're doing that, your cardiovascular fitness is adapting to it and your muscles and your tendons and your joints are adapting as well. And so you're less likely to incur one of these overuse injuries or plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, all the itises that we see in the office that happen with really abrupt change. So kind of gradually working into that is highly recommended. I always call it like, oh, you're going to go from zero to 60, right? You're doing nothing. And then all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. doing everything. So a little bit at a time. And that can really help with sustaining the activity in the long term. 
when you're choosing surfaces for working out or walking, um, avoiding really uneven surfaces, gravel surfaces, trails can be hard on your body. So some people are really good at that, navigating that, but others will really struggle and they can develop problems because it's hard for your tendons and joints to adapt to that. So just kind of caution if you have trouble with it. And if you're someone who's working out in your neighborhood, for instance, paying attention to the grade. So if you only ever walk the same direction all the time and it's on a bit of a tilt or an incline, you can strain one side more than the other. So some days go the opposite direction so that you work at both. Now, is it possible to have weak ankles? Because I feel like patients or people will say all the time, you know, like they'll injure themselves and say, oh, I have had really, I have really weak ankles. I sure. always roll it or I'm always, I step off a curb and I always roll my yeah, ankle there or are something. Definitely people who are more flexible or have laxity than others. So ligamentous laxity, we can see it. Um, Some it's in those who just chronically sprain their ankles. So over time, the ligaments and the joints are not as tight as they used to be. So it can occur post-traumatically. It can occur naturally. Some people are just more flexible than others. And then there's certainly conditions, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and these collagen disorders where we do see more laxity in the joints. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. You can see that for sure. Let's see. The last thing I had was listen to your body and don't overdo anything. So just paying attention to the cues you're giving and making sure you're gradually increasing. If you do have pain and say you wake up in the morning, you're swollen and you can't walk normally. So if you're limping, that's a cue. Stop and get that evaluated. And a lot of times, you know, there's this power through mentality, but that's not always beneficial. And things that are addressed sooner will resolve faster. So when we have the ability to intervene prior to, oh, this has been going on for six months, then we're going to see yeah. a lot faster results than than those who wait. So, so what time frame would you say if, if you're having pain? You know, most people would say, okay, sure. they'll give it, you know, rest for a yeah. couple of days or a week. If it's not better after a week, is that when you should really go in to have it checked out? I think a week or two. So let's use, for example, heel pain, whether it's Achilles tendonitis or plantar mm-hmm. fasciitis, because that's the most common that we're going to yeah. see. There's typically not a whole lot of swelling associated with that. So I will say if you're noticing that there is a lot of swelling happening, you want to come in probably sooner rather than later because we're going to want to evaluate for stress fracture or something more acute. Now, if there's not a whole lot of swelling and you're just experiencing pain that's maybe present just when you get up in the morning, not as bad when you're moving around for a little while, then we want to see you about a week or two after you've tried some treatments at home. So if you're doing rest and you're doing ice and you're doing some anti-inflammatories and you're doing stretches and you're not seeing any of those changes in the positive direction or it's improving, mm-hmm. then definitely come on in and we'll take a look at it. And maybe it's nothing, but it's always better if we can get a look at it sooner. Dr. Sharkey had a listener call in and leave her a question. Hi, my name is Lisa, and I was wondering if you could share some advice on shopping for and finding the right pair of shoes. Thank you, Lisa, for that question. While we plan to cover shoe selection in greater detail in upcoming episodes, here are some basic tips when shopping for shoes. You want to shop for shoes at the end of the day. Your feet are most swollen at the end of the day. So by purchasing shoes when your feet are most swollen, you'll be sure that they will fit well throughout the entire day. If you're going to shop for shoes that you would typically wear socks with, you want to make sure to have socks with you 
while you're trying on shoes so that the shoes fit well with the socks that you prefer. Some are thinner and some are thicker. Make sure you know the overall shape of your foot before leaving for the store. The shape of a shoe, or what is called the last, can be seen by turning the shoe upside down and looking if it's more straight or curved in nature. An easy way to know your foot shape is to place your foot on a piece of paper and trace it. The shoes you choose should match the shape of the foot that you've drawn out on your piece of paper. And lastly, any shoes that you're choosing should be tailored to the activity that you plan to use them for, like we touched on in the episode. So for instance, make sure you're buying running shoes for running or soccer shoes for soccer and so on and so forth. All right, that is it for today. Thanks for checking us out. We have been loving all the feedback and the questions, so just keep them coming. Don't forget, if you want to leave a voice message, you can just go to anchor.fm, find our podcast, and click on message. You can also access the voice message feature directly through the Anchor app. You may even hear your question in the show. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. We would be so grateful if you would take the time to rate and review our podcast. Your rating and reviews help others to find our podcast. We also encourage you to send in any funny stories you may have about an experience at the doctor's office or with surgery. We love a good laugh. So just email us at titstotoespodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at from tits to toes. And remember, keep your tits up and your toes down.